1: Welcome to the Yoga Hour,
2: our time to open our hearts and our minds to the infinite, time to pause a bit, reflect on what's truly important in this life. And today... Uh, we're going to be exploring the question of what does it mean to be spiritually enlightened and is it possible uh, for you or for me in this lifetime and we are honored and delighted to welcome a very special guest today uh, who will talk to us about this and that is my spiritual teacher Roy Eugene Davis, a direct disciple of Parmansa Yogananda an internationally known spiritual teacher and author. He is the um, spiritual director of Center for Spiritual uh, Awareness in Lakemont, Georgia. Uh, He's been bringing the teachings of Kriya Yoga to thousands of students for more than 60 years, published many books on the teachings of Kriya Yoga, that have been translated into uh, more than 10 languages and uh, has continuously published the bimonthly Truth Journal for over 60 years. And um, the recent issue of uh, Truth Journal magazine has an article in it, to be spiritually enlightened in your current incarnation, do these things. And so, of course, we want to know what those things are that can help us arrange conditions to wake up fully in this lifetime So, uh, Roy Eugene Davis, it is uh, my honor to welcome you back to the Yoga Hour this morning. Thank you so much for joining me.
3: Uh, Thank you, and it's always a pleasure to be on the Yoga Hour and to be able to communicate with the many listeners around the globe.
2: Thank you. So before we begin um, our conversation about what it is to be spiritually enlightened and how we can uh, live in a way that um, enhances that uh, potential for us, let's take a moment just for centering. Ooh. simply with a moment of pausing to open our hearts and our minds to the infinite, and simply use your breath as a tool, as an anchor for your awareness, so that your mind can become calm, And you can let your awareness expand and become naturally attuned to your essence of being. So simply feel the air as it enters your nostrils. Feel the coolness of the air. Feel your chest and your abdomen expand. So with your out-breath, feel the warmth of the air as it has changed, traveling through your body. So simple beginning, noticing the breath. And then as you notice the breath, simply put forth the intention that as you breathe in, you will let your attention and awareness be anchored in your Essence of being. Your essential self. Your divine self. And with each out-breath, you'll let go of identifying with the body or with changing thoughts. With the in-breath, return to your center, to your essence, to yourself. With the out-breath... Be free of holding on to any thoughts or emotions. Just relax and be. And in the, even in a brief moment like this, you can begin to notice thoughts settle. And a clarity that arises from within you. All it takes is a moment of reorienting our attention and our awareness from being involved in thought activity. Intending to be aware of the unchanging truth of our being. So now, simply bring your attention back to your mind and body. But carry that awareness of your true self with you now into engaging in exploring this topic of enlightenment and what it is for you and what it can be now. Peace peace. Once again, I want to welcome today's guest, Roy Eugene Davis, um, to the Yoga Hour. As I mentioned, uh, he is my spiritual teacher. He is a direct disciple of Paramahansa Yogananda and he is an internationally known spiritual teacher and author. He's been teaching these... um, Processes and procedures we'll be talking about today for for many many decades, and um, as I have had the privilege to know and study with Mr. Davis for many decades, uh, uh, what I have noticed, of course, is that the teaching um, is the same; it doesn't change. It, it it is the the core message of what it is to be enlightened and how we can wake up to the truth of our being in this lifetime. And uh, I was very grateful for this um, February-March 2018 issue of Truth Journal that directly addresses this question, you know, what we can all do to be spiritually enlightened in this current incarnation. So, let's begin um, with your definition of what it is to be spiritually enlightened. What is spiritual enlightenment? How do you see it?
3: All right, the word enlightenment uh, in the dictionary is defined as having knowledge. And, of course, spiritual enlightenment would be having accurate knowledge, and that's uh, really experience that provides that knowledge and not just uh, book learning. Having knowledge, experience of what we are as a spiritual being. We can know about it by reading and talking about it and thinking about it. But actually experiencing what we are provides direct knowledge. That is, direct means without the support necessarily of uh, ordinary information that we acquire or thoughts, uh, but actually something we actually experience. We experience ourselves as a unit of pure consciousness really an immortal unit of the pure essence of an ultimate reality. And when we have this realization, we are spiritually enlightened.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. So, it, at first we, we learn about it, we read about it, we become inspired about this possibility, but ultimately it is necessary for us to know it for ourselves. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, you... Yes, please go, go ahead. ahead. no, I There's was gonna my- say you, you <laughs> i'm sorry you you had the privilege of 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 studying with Parmansa Yogananda and um and you have written you know that even you know with that privilege and being in his presence, which certainly um sparked that in, in you 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 still had to realize it for yourself,
3: right. Uh, he was uh, he was frequently reminding me and others of the importance of having our own realization of, of our true nature. On one occasion, I was walking with him at his desert retreat place out near 29 Palms, where he had gone to be in seclusion and spend time to write commentaries on several books. And uh, he... Uh, uh, he said, when you came to me, this is about a year after I met him, this is 1950, he said, when you came to me, he said, uh, God, God took 25% of your karma and uh, relationship with the guru will take 25%, which you have... Oh, God took 50%, Guru takes 25%, and you have to work out 25% yourself. He wasn't mean, meaning to be explicit about the percentages, but what he was saying was, when we get on the right path or the right right course in life, we avoid a lot of future trouble and confusion. So we we don't have to go through a lot of stuff that's uncomfortable or painful that we might have gone through had we not gotten on a an effective uh, spiritual path. Then association with a teacher, that's the the word guru, means teacher. Uh, Association with a spiritually enlightened teacher quickens our spiritual awakening because we have the benefit of wise counsel and also sharing of consciousness and uh, subtle energy that emanates from such a teacher. But then there's a lot that we have to do ourselves. We have, to, we have to clean up our act and grow to emotional maturity, come to terms with a lot of the stuff in the subconscious at times, make, make decisions, act decisively, aspire to be spiritually awake, and do things that will neutralize or weaken and remove troublesome conditions that are actually our impediments to spiritual awakening. And when this is accomplished, then spiritual awakening is natural or spontaneous. It just occurs. We don't have to force it. We don't have to try to make it happen. It just happens. When we get the troubles out of the way, we just naturally wake up.
2: And as you have um, taught us over the years, you know we're because we are that because we are a, a unit of ultimate reality, and we come into this world. Um, we all have an innate yearning to experience that truth of our being, and we're we're all destined to do that. So you know we feel that in in different ways, um, but ultimately we we have that spiritual aspiration. You know to, to wake up. And uh, one of the things you note in this article that we can do is we we can decide. <laughs> we can decide to be enlightened. We can decide that that is our focus, um, you know, which is a tremendous help and support um, as we begin to then arrange conditions in our life that are consistent uh, with that decision. Um, so tell us a little bit about making that decision to be enlightened.
3: Well as you as you mentioned we all have the innate uh, urge to be awake and once we have this idea that I want to be awake then we should aspire to be awake because that will enable us to focus our mind and our actions on essential uh, lifestyle and spiritual practices and to avoid uh, avoid distractions and also, it will awaken and bring forth our innate qualities and innate knowledge. So mm-hmm. many people will say, "Well, I want to be enlightened, but I don't think I can be." So mm-hmm. for them, it's more of a, a lazy hope or <laughs> or or, or a dream that they could that they would like to be there. But uh, if we aspire to be awake and have conviction that it is possible, that is uh, that is. Uh, Uh, very very strengthening. I remember when I was in high school and I read about I read books that I borrowed from the public library on world religions and of course I read about Buddhism and some of the saints of the East and Christian mystics and when I read about people who were spiritually enlightened my response was I want to be like that and I knew I could be like that I didn't say I wish I could be like that and so, you know, the aspiration and intention to be enlightened is important.
2: And actually, you know, many have said um, that the belief um, that it is not possible for us is actually our greatest impediment, and um, and and I understand that because if you if you do not believe it is possible for you, if you cannot imagine or open yourself to that potential, then it seems to me that you simply would not follow a course of action that is consistent um, with what it what it takes, you know, to right. arrange conditions. So, um, I, I can understand why this is first on your list. You know, decide, um, you know, have faith that it is possible for you. If it was possible, you always told us if it was possible for one person, um, we should know it is possible for us. So, our yeah. first, very first thing is to decide um, to be enlightened. And um, and, and then you, you, you mention... Um, you know, beyond that, the various steps that that we can we can take that um, that we can be well informed. <laughs> um, we can begin to study, and so we understand more about uh, the nature of reality. And how do you how do you think about this for students? This really, I think of it as as study. You know, being well informed.
3: Well, we have to be. It is helpful to have have the facts of life uh, in mind, to, have, to acquire uh, accurate information about not only how to live effectively and how the world works, but also about our true nature and what this ultimate reality we call God, what is it, uh, so that we just don't have some fantasy that it's a cosmic being in the sky somewhere, or a... Uh, uh, so we have to understand, at least have an intellectual grasp of that ultimate reality. And I see it as uh, a changeless reality that has two aspects. It has an absolute or pure essence that never changes. It has always, has always been. And by the way, there's something to contemplate during meditation sometimes. If you're a person that doesn't know what to think about or contemplate, contemplate this matter of how can there be something that has always existed, and will always exist, will never, will never end.
4: <laughs> That's what that ultimate reality
3: is. Mm-hmm. And then there is so that pure aspect is transcendental or changeless. It just is. It's outside of the field of space and time. It just is. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, we are units of that pure essence. But that reality also has an expressive aspect with energetic characteristics that can manifest universes and which it does and sustain them. So there are the two aspects, not two different people. Or we're not involved in trinitarianism or dualistic thinking that there is there is there is more than one reality. There's only one reality. But the absolute transcendent aspect is outside of the field of time and space. But the expressive aspect has energetic attributes or characteristics that can produce and does produce universes. So and our bodies are made up of the substance of this world that were produced by that uh, out of, out of that source. But we mm-hmm. we can we can sort of get a, ma- a handle on that intellectually. Mm-hmm. And, and then we can sort of uh, have more of an intuitive insight, but it, then we go beyond that to actually experience what we are. One of the one of these saintly people in India who was considered to be uh, spiritually advanced was Ramana Maharshi, who lived in South India. He died in 1950, and people would come to him and ask for uh, his guidance. And a frequent uh, question, of course, is uh, how can I be self-realized? And his answer was, uh, "It's very easy, really. All you have to do is be still." <laughs> now, what he was doing, uh, he was telling them. He, actually, he was he was saying what Patanjali wrote in his Yoga Sutra, and in the, in the very second uh, sutra in the first section of the of the text, when he described. What really occurs when a person meditates successfully, that is when the fluctuations and changes that usually occur in mind and awareness are absolutely still, then the true essence is self-revealed. So it's a matter of just removing our attention from these uh, these changes in mind and awareness that keep our attention scattered, and keep Mm -hmm. our awareness blurred. Mm -hmm. And when we get behind that and just know ourselves for what we are, we discover that we have always been what we are, pure consciousness, pure essence. Mm -hmm.
2: And it's so... um Uh, inspiring Um, you know if you decide okay you know I'm ready to wake up in this lifetime and then you begin to study and as you have it as this step to be well informed then just as you have so beautifully explained to us we we have a map um, that that tells us about the the nature of the mind and how we use the mind and how um, consciousness itself illumines the mind and this map Um, allows us then to track our own uh, experience and awareness. You know, for me, it's given me um, like a support system for what you experience. You can say, oh, that's what that is. Oh, you know, so um, being well informed, you know, keep the, um, the mind from, you know, being too externalized, you know, looking here and there for, you know, what is, yeah. the, what is the answer. You have a map that allows you to then explore these inner realms of, of consciousness.
3: Right. Uh, that's true. And when we, when we have a, at least an intellectual grasp of some of these philosophical concepts and states of consciousness and procedures and what should be, what should result from the procedures Then we have we have that information. Then, when we actually have the experiences and and adjustments of viewpoint and changes of states of consciousness, and we understand what's happening, we don't have to say something. What's happening? What's happening to me? I don't understand. But we have, if we are informed, well informed, then when these changes occur, we recognize what's happening, and we can be comfortable with these changes. And not yeah. and not not be afraid or not be uncertain.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Some people have asked me, "What will I do when I'm enlightened?" <clears throat> well, <laughs> I will Do whatever you are inspired to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> or do I have to change my lifestyle to be enlightened? Or will mm-hmm. my life change when I'm enlightened? Everything will be in divine order. The more mm-hmm. spiritually conscious we are, the more our outer life. Uh, is harmonized, and circumstances are just right, just perfect for us and for others with whom we are involved
2: and that is so true you know that life um it has this potential of course to um become more delightful. <laughs> I like to think of it that way you know we're 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 more awake uh, more aware, and um you know it, it as you mentioned in the in the first part you know we we begin to um uh, clear up, you know, old old patterns that were not useful, um, old ways of um, thinking and behaving that are not consistent with the truth of our being, and and life only only gets better when we do that. And you know, the next step that you have noted in, in your article that. Um, you know i i of course associate with many years of studying um with you and you know even explaining you know kriya yoga um as as really intentional living you know a, a way that we live uh as uh, as awake um spiritu- as being spiritually awake and so the third step that you mention uh on this enlightenment journey is rational thinking um so I mean, tell us what that has to do with enlightenment.
3: Well, if we're, if, we're, if we're irrational, if our thinking isn't isn't well ordered, we're likely to not only make mistakes in in, in judgment when trying to figure things out, but also we're liable to have some uh, erroneous or flawed opinions uh, in our mind. Some some things that aren't true that we think are true. And these are called delusions. And uh, if we have uh, flawed or mistaken opinions or delusions, then uh, this blurs our awareness. Um, And uh, so it's it's important, I think, to uh, clear the mind uh, of all of these erroneous or flawed ideas And many people Mm -hmm. have flawed ideas regarding what God is and regarding what they are, or or if they're very, very very, uh, traditional and have come from a fundamentalist Christian background, they may still be believing in the devil and hell and the possibility of uh, of going there, and so (laughs) on. But uh, so we want to get rid of all the flawed notions and ideas, and uh, so that we think logically and rationally and. Whatever we examine, we come up with the right solution or the right conclusion. So that's mm-hmm. important. And uh, so, um, uh, my experience is, after you know, sixty years on this trail, uh, I met I met Yogananda in nineteen forty nine, and so it's been almost seventy years since I met him. Sixty nine years. Uh, that uh, if we stay with it in the right way and we are patient and uh, attentive to important matters, that we become wiser as time goes on. And that's a a great blessing. Mm
4: -hmm. Uh, As
3: as the years go by, we know more than we did a few years ago or even last month. Uh,
4: Mm -hmm. Our
3: our insight is improved. Uh, Some people ask, how can I tell if I'm making progress on my spiritual Practice path. Uh, I don't. They'll say I don't see visions. I don't have. I don't have, hear voices. I don't feel thrills up and down the spine. Uh, how do I know I'm progressing? Well, if uh, as you go along, you notice you are more peaceful, more insightful, more compassionate, and that when you read or think about philosophical matters, you understand uh, more uh, precisely and clearly than you did before uh then you're on the right track. you know you you know you're improving. So it's just a matter of giving ourselves time. Uh, I emphasize aspiring to be fully spiritually awake in this current embodiment, but uh, usually it takes a few years for the, for most people. We hear of occasions of instantaneous enlightenment, sudden conversion experience, but that's rare but uh, usually it's about, it, takes, it takes a few years. I remember my, Paramahansa Yogananda telling me on one occasion when, when I was with him only a few months, he said, Roy, you have to want a realization with all your heart so intensely that you can't wait another day to have that realization. But you have to be patient just in case it doesn't happen that day. <laughs> so it's sort of a balance. We want it. We are, we're going to have it. We aspire to have it. We know we can have it. But if it doesn't blossom, then we don't despair. We just hang in there with a positive mental attitude and live in the right way. And stay open, wait and watch. That's important
2: yes and live in harmony uh with that uh truth of our being you know that the practices that that we engage in we we do because um that's the right thing for us to do <laughs> as spiritual beings um you you have written in this in this article um spiritual enlightenment is not an attainment of something other than we are. Nor can it be caused or produced by what we do. It's the result of awakenings to what we are, which can be nurtured by aspiration, constructive thinking and living, and various practices, including introspective meditation. In just a moment, we're going to have a break, and so when we come back, um, we can talk about the last um, three um, points that you have, have offered, um, improving our powers of intellectual discernment, using our common sense, living skillfully, and hopefully we'll have a moment, too, to just talk about the importance of meditation on this um, path of of full awakening um, to our essential nature, the truth of our being in this lifetime. My guest today is Roy Eugene Davis, direct disciple of Paramahansa Yogananda, internationally a known spiritual teacher and author who's been bringing the teachings of Kriya Yoga to thousands of students for more than 60 years. You can learn more about uh, Mr. Davis and his work at his website, csa-davis.org and there you'll find uh, many resources uh, for your spiritual journey, some booklets that you can download for free. You can subscribe to Truth Journal Magazine um, which has over 51 years of continuous publication, and that's what we're drawing this conversation from today. That's csa-davis.org. And we'll be back with you in just a moment.
0: Got you started on your spiritual path. Minister and radio host Paul John Roach says his path began when he heard George Harrison of the Beatles talking about Hindu philosophy and meditation. Paul John writes about it in the current edition of Unity Magazine. And don't miss the interview with Eben Alexander, the neurologist whose near death experience led him to write Proof of Heaven. It's all in the September October edition of Unity Magazine. Go to unity.org and click on Publications. Sometimes you might feel so
5: alone with your problems, you don't know where to turn. We invite you to call Silent Unity, the 24-7 prayer ministry, where someone is waiting to pray with you every day at any hour. Listen and relax as you hear the beautiful words affirm the highest and best outcome for you and those you love. No matter what's going on in your life, Silent Unity is always standing by. The toll-free number is 1-800-NOW-PRAY.
1: Listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back
2: to the Yoga Hour. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien. And we have a fascinating topic this morning: what we can do now to be spiritually enlightened in this lifetime. And it's a question I think that we all can and and should, from my opinion, ask ourselves. You know, what is my? What do I think about spiritual enlightenment? Um, do I know what it is? Do I think it's possible for me in this lifetime, or do I hold it to be uh, just uh, an experience of a chosen few? Um, I'm of the point of view that, no, this is something that we must all aspire to, and it's certainly what our world needs. Um, is more people who are fully awake and and here to help us uh, to understand that and prepare ourselves with it is uh, my spiritual teacher Roy Eugene Davis, um, who is a direct disciple of Paramahansa Yogananda and has been teaching students for more than sixty years about um, this. Fundamental truth of our being and how we can aspire to know it and how we can awaken to it. You can learn more about Roy Eugene Davis and his work at csa-davis.org. Um, so we've been talking about these steps that you have outlined in your recent uh, issue of Truth Journal Magazine. That what what we can all do, really, to um, prepare ourselves for spiritual enlightenment in this lifetime. And we've talked about the initial uh, decision, you know, to intend that and to begin to focus our lives in such a way that we can arrange conditions both outwardly and inwardly for that experience. And then being well informed about what enlightenment is um, so that we... Uh, you know, we we study, we understand the nature of mind, the nature of consciousness and we understand it intellectually and we can prepare ourselves for that direct experience of it. And then you mentioned the necessity to um, think rationally, um, to understand the mind and really the power of our minds. Um, And and the next step that you offer us is improve your powers of intellectual discernment. Um, So, we were talking about rational thinking and now we're going to move uh, to looking at intellectual um, discernment um, what is the distinction that you hold between those two and and why is intellectual discernment important
3: well the, the intellect is our faculty of discernment you mentioned mind the mind earlier uh, the mind is a uh, it receives impressions of our perceptions stores them of course in the subconscious level of the of the mind so they are accessible as memories which provide us a sense of history and also enable us to to reason and uh, to draw on past experiences and so forth relate the present to the past and so on but the intellect is the faculty that discerns we present information to the intellect and it discerns or can discern or we can through the intellect discern What is true in contrast to what is not true? And so this is important. And uh, in the Patanjali Yoga Sutra, in the first section, Patanjali mentioned two ways to be self-knowing or self-realized. And one is the way of intellectual discernment, discriminative intelligence. And the other is experiential meditation. And many times people try so hard to meditate and have... Uh, positive uh, results uh, but they forget that also to use their intellect to try to, de- to discern what is the truth I am trying to experience, what is that ultimate reality, what is my true nature and so on. So uh, some, some uh, spiritual teachers in various traditions uh, advise their students to inquire uh, during meditation or quiet, quiet times, what am I? Mm-hmm. And to go back behind the mind and behind the personality characteristics, and to what what it is that observes mm-hmm. and, and 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 chooses and knows, what is it? Well, it's what we are. uh, So since we're not the mind, and we're not the body, of course, we know that. The body comes and goes, or bodies come and go. But uh, the mind, we're not the mind, but the mind is a tool. And we're not the intellect, because it is the faculty of discernment. So superior to both mind and intellect is the pure essence, or the being, which we are. I am that pure essence of uh, ultimate reality individualized so uh, Patanjali points this out in the in the yoga sutra that we can inquire uh, using the faculty of discriminative intelligence and have insight uh, <laughs> yogis uh, yogis uh, say or understand and then they say that there are various ways to awaken to self realization dependent upon our our capacities and also our psychological uh, tendencies and inclinations. For instance, a sister disciple of mine who I never met but I knew about her was an older older woman who lived at one of the Self-Realization Fellowship Centers in California and she passed from her body and died biologically when she was in her 80s and uh, Yogananda told us He said her path was the path of wisdom knowledge, that uh, she didn't have profound, ecstatic meditation experiences, but she had tremendous insight and just direct Mm -hmm. knowing. It Mm -hmm. it was just there. And uh, in fact, she was so intuitive also that uh, Yogananda said of her on one occasion, uh, she lived in southern down at the SRF Center in Encinitas near San Diego, and Yogananda mostly was at headquarters in Los Angeles. And he said on one occasion about her, he said, "There is not a thought that that, that goes through my mind, but that she can that she can she can know it if she wants to."
4: Mm-hmm.
3: She, she she was she was that much in tune with him, and mm-hmm. that is, and that intuitive. That whatever she wanted to know it just blossomed in her consciousness well that's, that's not that's not common for, for everyone but the way of meditation is the way of calming the mind and, and quieting the emotions and being uh, alert and attentive until all that remains is simply the awareness of pure being but, uh, we, but many people too uh, I talk with they say oh well, my path is a way of devotion. I love to pray to God. I love to. I love ritual. I love to chant. I, I love to sing God's name. Well, that has its place, but they should also. I I encourage them also uh, improve your powers of intelligence and discriminative mm-hmm. intelligence.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Have a, so you're balanced.
2: Yeah, and understand that the devotional practices, in a sense, are, are preparation. You know, right. they're, they can be another way. Ideally, they're another way to clear the mind and right. um, not a way to um, cloud the mind. So, right. um, you yeah, know, we're looking for uh, ways that uh, clear the mind and take us uh, beyond uh, identification with thoughts and uh, experiences. Right. And as you mentioned, in terms of this... Um, uh, awakening of our discernment that the, that you know you have often encouraged us to simply practice inquiry as you did in this in this uh, talk we're having this morning. You know, just sometime when you're sitting in a quiet and and, and clear time uh, after meditation for a mu- few moments, think about what what is that um, which was birthless. You know, which which always is, always has been, is beyond space and time, never changes, is eternal. Contemplate that. How is that possible? What is it? So, these kinds of um, contemplations, you know, or what am I? You know, what is it that uh, is observing the thought? You know what is right. it that's asking the question? So these these kinds of um, contemplative meditations and self inquiry um, are are a useful um, path for for clarifying our awareness and um, for revealing uh, the truth of of what we are. And after uh, talking about this, this in a sense, high practice of, of discerning the truth of our being, you you bring the next one right down to earth and say, use common sense. <laughs> so um, I've always appreciated that about you, uh, that you you really encourage us to understand that this is not some otherworldly experience. Uh, it, it, it is the, the truth of what we are here now. and and we're meant to live um, using our common sense. So so please share with us a little bit about that.
3: Well, in in everyday living, what is the the practical, most realistic uh, way to to go? What what, what is the most common? uh, uh, We call that common sense. It doesn't take any great expert to to, to think, well, gee, if I eat right and think right and exercise appropriately, I'll probably be healthier, so let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or if I need, need a job, go and start knocking on doors and putting the word word out. I'm available, and also use imagination to imagine uh, that you already have that job and you're being well paid for service for the service you render. In other words, go ahead and do the things that will get the results you want.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And uh, so. This and meditate every day. I emphasize that and be very important for people who are, who are on a spiritual path or who say they want to be spiritually awake. Devote uh, 20, 30 minutes a day to start to silent meditation and get acquainted with the deeper levels of being. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and avoid fantasy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I also recommend avoid too much, uh, Talking with other people about spirituality and philosophy, because you just get an ex- have an exchange of opinions, and uh, a little a little conversation with people who have insight is all right. But uh, quite often, uh, uh, excessive talking about it and excessive reading about it simply uh, is, is a, an avoidance process. You are letting your attention be distracted. Mm -hmm. So It's important to stay focused. Uh, When I first met Paramahansa Yogananda in 1949, thankfully I met him two days before Christmas. And on Christmas Day, I had my first private talk with him and asked (laughs) if I could be his disciple and live there as a resident disciple in training. And after talking for a few minutes, he said, yes, you can stay. And he gave me advice on how to fit into the date routine with the other, man, the other male disciples. And, and gave me advice to, to, pay, to attend to the duties that I would be given. And to meditate morning and evening. And to read his books and the Bhagavad Gita. And then after giving that simple advice, his closing words on that occasion were, Read a little and meditate more. Think of God all the time. And so, for the next two years that I knew him, I had the opportunity to be with him privately every two months and uh, to receive his support and instruction and encouragement. And uh, in between times, I devoted myself to meditation and contemplating the, the presence of the reality of, that, of God, of that ultimate, ultimate reality. And then uh, the last time I talked with him privately was only a few weeks before he passed. He passed uh, in 1952, 66 years ago from yesterday. Yesterday, March 7th, was the anniversary of his his passing. And uh, I saw him a few weeks before that, and we were talking uh, in the living room of his house. And uh, toward the end of our conversation... He said, don't allow your mind to be troubled by what others do or don't do, and don't look back, and don't look to the left or to the right, but look straight ahead to the goal, Me, I know what he meant, look, look ahead to self, being self-realized, and go all the way in this lifetime, and you can do it, and this is how he encouraged me. In other words, pay attention to essentials and uh, and and avoid or at least minimize non-essentials, and accomplish more in less time than would otherwise be accomplished. Patanjali mentions that in his Yoga Sutra treatise, that progress of, or awakening on the spiritual path or spiritual practice path is either slow, or moderate, or very fast, depending on the intensiveness. Or the concentrated endeavor. So, if we focus on on, on doing what is helpful uh, and, and avoid what is not helpful, we'll make faster progress. And mm-hmm. uh, also in the Yoga Sutra, Patanjali mentions in the second section the purpose of pra- practice. Now, he de- he defines Kriya Yoga not as a meditation technique, uh, uh, but as disciplined thinking or constructive disciplined thinking and and behavior, Uh, inquiry, what am I, uh, self-inquiry, and surrender letting go of the illusional or mistaken sense of self-identity. Then in the second uh, sutra he, he mentioned, That he calls that Kriya Yoga. Kriya means process or procedure or action. So Kriyas are simply processes or procedures that we use, uh, or they can occur spontaneously. But anyway, he said. Then he wrote, Kriya Yoga is practiced to uh, remove the impediments. Uh, Some some translate that as afflictions, which are troublesome conditions, which interfere with spiritual awakening and for the cultivation of, he used the word samadhi, which means transcendental realization. So that is the purpose of spiritual practice, right living and spiritual practice, is for the purpose of removing the impediments and cultivating transcendental realization of our true nature. So it's really very simple when we look at it that way. the The term Kriya Yoga sounds very exotic. What is that? Well, there are various yoga, yoga, classical yoga systems, of course, Hatha yoga, Raja yoga, or Jnana yoga, or wisdom knowledge yoga. But uh, in Kriya yoga, it simply, simply uses the best procedures of all of the classical systems uh, and focuses, it atten- focuses attention on what is important and avoids or minimizes what is not important. That's basically an approach, a common sense (laughs) approach. It's a
2: common sense, and you've just really described uh, the last of the six steps that you uh, wrote about in your article, which is to live skillfully. You've just given us a wonderful um, insight into the practical way um, that we are to live uh, skillfully with, and really, um, as you have said it um, many times, to live intentionally, to live with higher purpose um, to understand that that you know we're here in this lifetime to awaken to the truth of our being and then to live um, in the highest way in harmony with that um, and thank you so much for offering us these these steps um, for supporting uh, so many of us all of these years on this path of spiritual awakening in this lifetime um, it's been a joy to have this conversation with you this morning and we have just a few minutes Left, so I want to ask you um, before we conclude um, for any more uh, specific words of encouragement uh, or inspiration that you want to leave with our listeners this morning.
3: Well, mainly just uh, as we as we we've, uh, we've talked about this morning, acquire uh, obtain all of the useful information possible, and then use skillfully what you learn. Uh, in, one, in one of the yoga scriptures, there's a phrase skillful living is yoga or really spiritual practice.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: So many people I've talked about, people have sometimes said to me, Roy, I'm so busy with family obligations and work and making money and paying the bills, I don't have much time to meditate. And uh, should I put it off until I retire and have more time? <laughs> well, no, I don't recommend that. But I also, what I do recommend while doing what you do, pretend to do your duties and your necessary activities, do it with a, with a positive, constructive attitude, and then do it skillfully. Be as, be as skillful as you can in doing what you do. Don't, do, don't be slo- slovenly or sloppy. Mm-hmm. And th- mm-hmm. this will improve your powers of discernment. And uh, bring forth your innate potential to accomplish more uh, that is useful. So, <laughs> being skillful and and doing, uh, being effective, getting results. I noticed years ago that uh, several of Yogan, Yogananda's uh, spiritually advanced disciples, or people that he pointed to as being spiritually advanced, who had been with him for many years, were professional people and business people who were successful. In their professions and in their business activities before they met him, but so what, what was lacking for some of them, they admitted, was they were they were uh, restless and didn't have a higher sense of purpose or a sense of higher purpose. So, uh, but they already knew how to live effectively in everyday life. So when they were, when they were taught how to meditate, they said. Well, if this works, I'm going to make it work. I'm going to get. I'm going to get results.
2: <laughs> Absolutely, and of course, we think of his disciple uh, James J. Lynn, who was such a beautiful uh, example of that. Um, Thank you so much for coming back to the Yoga Hour this morning. Our special guest, Roy Eugene Davis, and you can learn more about Mr. Davis and have access to his books. Subscribe to Truth Journal Magazine at uh, csa-davis.org. And if you're listening in uh, current time, here in March of 2018, I want to invite you to come to the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. Uh, on March 16th and 17th uh, Mr. Davis will be with us for programs teaching us meditation and more about this path of kriya yoga you can find out more about that visit on March 16 uh, and 17 coming right up 2018 here uh, at csecenter.org uh, the yoga hour is a service project of center for spiritual enlightenment uh, meditation center in the kriya yoga tradition I want to offer my thanks to the Yoga Hour team, our producer and regular guest host, Dr. Laura Trujillo, assistant producer Sean Smith and Ann Hayes, and Jeff Comfort, who um, makes it all possible there in the sound booth at Unity Online Radio. I look forward to being with you again, and once again, my thanks to Roy
1: Eugene Davis. Thank you for tuning in to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
7: practical advice we will clarify the confusion and reveal simple yet profound truths call in with your questions and ideas and help break down the barriers that separate us from one another that's world spirituality with paul john roach tuesdays at 11am pacific 2pm eastern here on unity fm the voice of an awakening world
4: As a society, we're becoming more conscious of our
3: responsibility to the environment. There are precious resources which must be properly managed. Although it is necessary for me to focus on these outer resources, it's equally important to develop my inner spiritual resources. Within every one of us is a wellspring of peace, a power which cannot be overused, yet often remains neglected. Every time I choose to think and act from that peace within, I bless not only my immediate environment, but the entire world as well. Peace is a precious resource that I can serve best by giving it away. Peace can begin with me. To find a Unity Church near you, please visit our website at www.unity.org.
1: walking the talk only on unity online radio the voice of an awakening world
5: sometimes you might feel so alone with your problems you don't know where to turn we invite you to call silent unity the 24 7 prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you every day at any hour Listen and relax as you hear the beautiful words affirm the highest and best outcome for you and those you love. No matter what's going on in your life, Silent Unity is always standing by. The toll-free number is 1-800-NOW-PRAY.
0: Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo.